Hi, I'm Matt Cotty. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I specialize in helping people take their lives back from common mental health challenges. I believe we all deserve and can achieve great mental health. And on this podcast, I'm going to share with you practical tools, strategies, and principles that will help you navigate the path to recovery and move towards becoming the best version of yourself. Welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Show. All right. Hello and welcome to this episode. So today we're going to be doing an OCD and anxiety FAQ or frequently asked question. And um, this is a, a segment I'm doing where you as listeners or viewers can submit a question and then we'll consider it for an episode. And uh, that way we can get just kind of like a, it's almost like you were asking me a question directly and I'm just able to respond uh, to the specific question. So if you have questions, we have a little link down in the notes where you can enter in a question. So please, uh, all you need to do is just click that. You can submit a question. It's free. Um, and then also, if you are looking for support and guidance, um, we have some links and resources down in the notes as well. You can also visit us over at restoredminds.com. So the question for today um, is going to be, how do you do ERP with a legit health issue? So, you know, it's, so this is a tricky question in the sense of like, yeah, there are things that we need to, you know, like take normal precautions with, right? If some, someone has a, a bloodborne illness and, you know, we are make, making contact with the blood, like wearing gloves, or if you make contact with the blood, washing your hands, making sure you're doing that, like, yeah, like, okay, this is, this is real stuff here. Where it gets tricky is that OCD and anxiety, because you're in, you know, the um, sympathetic nervous system is activated. What happens is, is it cuts off your rational thinking and distorts your cognition, essentially. And that's why I talk about like the lens of fear in my book, because it, and, and, and it is hyper aware to threat, and will oftentimes detect threat that's not really threat. So when you say like, a legit health issue. My concern with that question is you'd have to really define legit because I've heard, I've heard people, you know, argue for, well, it's, it's legit to not touch doorknobs. It's legit not to, you know, touch light switches or, you know, railing at the mall or, and, and, and the thing is, is a lot of people hide behind that word because it's a legitimate threat. Um, you know, obviously summarized by the word legit and it's, it's tricky. I mean, this is really, it's a tricky question and I don't have a, I don't think I'm going to have a concrete answer that's going to suffice to the person who wrote it, but I would say this. I, so first off I would kind of look at, okay, like how do other people handle this, you know, health issue, so to speak. Um, and what do other people do? What are common practices? You know, so, and this is where, you know, we have to kind of assess like, okay, wh when am I taking this into the realm of compulsion and when am I just practicing like common, you know, um, body, you know, cleanliness, right? Like, you know, just, or, um, I can't even think of the word I'm trying to say right now. Um, but just, um, 
you know, basic, basic cleanliness and, and safe, safe procedures. Right. So like most people, they shower once, maybe twice a day sometimes. Right. Most people do that. Um, so like, that's not abnormal, but when you're like, okay, Hey, this person has a bloodborne illness, let's say in my house, right? Like, let's say there is someone that, you know, has an actual illness. Do you have to wear gloves every time you touch them? Okay. Probably not. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And this is where we start going. And, and again, you can consult obviously with your physician and they can tell you what they think a good practice is. But in my experience, what we really want to do beyond that is really say, Hey, like what kind of energy am I operating from? That's like the best way to really determine if we're doing a compulsion or if we're doing, um, you know, if we're really living from a place of trust, like instinctually, you know, if you get like someone's blood on you, right. Like it's instinctually wash it off. Right. Like, I think that's, that's pretty common, right. If you, someone sneezes on you, you know, you wipe it off, you wash it off, maybe you use soap, right. Like these kind of things are, are pretty normal, right. So if someone really has a cold and they sneeze on you, it's like, yeah, you know, but like you need to go into a full hazmat suit because you are, um, you know, because the person has a cold. No, I don't think so. Right. Like that's not how I live. That's not how I choose to live. And at the end of the day, there's not really a way that is the right or wrong. It's really how you choose to live. Like me, one of the, like the big values of my life is to not let fear run my life. Like that's, that's like a major value in mine because it has, and I've been caught in the loop and I've, and I've lost years of my life to fear. And so when I realize that the most valuable thing I have is time, especially time with people I love and care about, then I, I ask myself, like, how is fear, if, if it is, how is fear interfering with my relationship? And the idea of like, one, one of the things is that's kind of paradoxical about disease, right, is that when you're afraid of disease, you're activating your sympathetic nervous system. And by doing so, it actually suppresses your immune response. And that's, you know, this is like a kind of a grand paradox of fearing diseases by fearing it, you're, you're making your, your odds, you're, you're making yourself more susceptible to it. Right. Whereas if you moved into a, a trustingness with your immune system while maintaining safe practices, like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like if, if, but like, you know, like I've interacted with people who have AIDS, right. And HIV, you know, I've, I've been, you know, like face to face made contact, you know, it was like physical contact, right. Like it, it's like, I don't, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't treat them that way. I mean, I, they're doing wrong. Like if there's open wounds and stuff, yeah, sure. You can, of course. Right. We need to be like basic common practice, but it's, it's a thing where it's like the idea of a legitimate health issue is so subjective. And this is one of the things that I think OCD and anxiety loves to hide in, because as long as you can convince yourself it's legitimate, you'll convince yourself that doing the safe behavior is, is a legitimate practice. And what I tend to lean towards is like, for me, I don't want fear to control my life. So I'm, I'm going to do as little to none safety behaviors and compulsions as humanly possible. So I think number one, 
taking the reasonable precautions when it comes to health issues. Sure. And if you don't know what that is, I would look and consult your doctor on that. And that's what I would, that's where I would cap it. Anything you add to that is probably a compulsion. And then I would look at what other people do. And then I would, I would kind of, you know, make some kind of merge those two to see, Hey, like what, what is the most practical things that I actually need to do if someone has a legitimate health issue? And then from there, I would just, you know, the, the main thing is, is not engaging in any of the mental behaviors. It's like you do what you do and that's it. And you don't ruminate on what if this and what if that and analyze and kind of play in your head. Cause what a lot of the, a lot of the rituals that people are going to do in this situation are actually all the mental ones after. And so your willingness to commit to a certain practice and then drop the rest and live with that uncertainty, you know, like, okay, like, you know, this, uh, this person really does have this health issue. There are too many diseases out there to count, right. For that I can make contact with, and I can go through my life fearing disease, or I can go through my life taking reasonable, reasonable precautions, right. And doing things to maintain my health build up my immune system, right? Like setting, um, you know, you can do subconscious work, you know, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'm not going to live by fear. And I think that's, that's where I think this question really comes back down to. And, and what I would say is the most costly thing I think you'll ever do in life is live by fear, make choices out of fear. When you make choices out of trust and you live by trust and you live from these higher states, things tend to work out better for you. When you live by fear, things tend to not work out so well. It's just what it is. So I tend to say, hey, how can I move into these higher states and make decisions from these higher states and trust that the rest will kind of take care of itself? And that's that's really how I would look at this question because um, – it's it, like there's there's too many nuances to the question, right? And I don't know what the person means that wrote it specifically when it comes to specific illnesses. And and you don't need to go and write in what the specific illness is and stuff like that because I'm not going to do episodes on like specific illnesses. Because again, I'm not I'm not a medical doctor. I, I can't even advise on that, right? Um, in in a reasonable stance. But again, I t- I say you take reasonable precautions in life to the best of your ability, and then live from the place of trust as much as possible because you living from that place is going to allow you to see opportunities where you, if you live from fear, you're going to see threat, right? Like when you when you live in threat, you don't see opportunities. You don't see options. Uh, when you live from, from a higher state of safety and trust, you see opportunities. And, and more importantly, you, you're able to access that, that larger functioning part of your brain. And, and you're really not able to do that when you're in fight or flight. So what I would say is how do I get my nervous system to the place of safety, eliminating all your safety behaviors, especially the mental ones. And then, um, you know, and also how do I live from trust while taking, you know, the reasonable precautions I'm going to take and kind of finding that sweet spot for yourself. So, um, that's what I would say. And, uh, you know, hope it helps. And with that, uh, you know, if this is helpful, please help us out by, again, liking and subscribing and leaving a comment or review. And uh, also, if you have questions you'd like for future episodes, submit down in the uh, link below. And we also have some resources in the notes for you as well. So thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. 
Hi there, Matt Cotty here, and thank you for taking the time to hang out today. Now, real quick, if you are currently struggling and you're looking for help, please head over to restoredminds.com because we have different programs available to help you. And the good news is, is that for the most part, you can get started right away. And if you found this episode helpful, then we would really appreciate if you would take the time to leave us a review on iTunes as it would really help our show. You can also send us ideas for topics of future episodes that you would like us to cover at support at restoredminds.com. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode.